Have you ever heard mythical stories about Mike Tyson and wondered what he was really like? Well, luckily for you, there's a new documentary series from ABC News coming that will explore what propelled boxer Mike Tyson to fame and everything that's happened since. Premieres Tuesday, May 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern, available on Hulu next day. There were three black men who ruled the world during this time. It was Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, and it was Mike Tyson. And everybody wanted to be Mike. The only question was, which Mike do you want to be? <laughs> Mike Tyson's level of intimidation was unrivaled. Just ask Rosie Perez. Mike Tyson was called the baddest man on the planet because he was the baddest man on the planet. This is a documentary event that you will not want to miss. Boom. Welcome to Mike Tyson's world. The staggering documentary event premieres Tuesday night, May 25th on ABC and next day on Hulu. You know, I've found that I don't really understand when it comes to these movies. The movies that have more exposition, I have less of an idea what's happening in it. It felt like they were trying to throw us so many twists and turns in this. I'm like, I don't know what's happening in the first place. So I don't know if this twist and turn has meaning. It's like, relax. You don't have to, you don't have to work too hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just. It wasn't the oh shit moment of like, dude's banging his sister. Once they were in the pool, I was like, okay, so they're clearly, clearly, <laughs> they've been lying. Although when he said mom and pop will be disappointed or whatever, I was like, wait, are they? Aren't they? You thought this was a that's my boy situation? Yes. Yes, I did. The other thing I like is that when the questions that I have, they get answered, but not directly, kind of indirectly. <laughs> right. There's one in particular. Like, I literally was like, <laughs> one of my first notes. Literally, at the end of the movie, like, oh, yeah, see, yeah. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, we should have done this for a Christmas movie later on. The name should have been a giveaway. They really stretched that metaphor. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? it? Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies they're probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable. Unremarkable shit. <laughs> I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper, that's Amin Alhassan, that's Anthony Mays. Patreon.com slash count the dings to get all of our extra episodes like the upcoming Memorial Day episode. Get her done! Which apparently Amin told everybody what's happening on Bomb. Oh, good. I got that in the Discord chat today. Little fucking snitches, man. Am I too soon? 
I'm too soon. I'm too soon. To find out what is happening on Memorial Day, which movie we did, you got to go listen to Bomb, apparently. From like nine days ago. From nine days ago. Great. Get her done. Also, if you have a review, review it on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have a review, review it. Leave five stars. Leave a snarky comment, some praise, a movie suggestion, whatever you want. Just make it five stars on the old Apple Podcast. If you have a submission, submit it. Just needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or the critic score. Month of May is Ben Affleck month. We had Maze picking Smoking Aces. We had Amin picking Armageddon. I picked Batman vs. Superman Donna Justice. And then we went to the old Twitter polls. And you voted for Amin. Amin has picked the 2000 action-adventure crime Reindeer Games. Suck it, Reindeer Games. I'm not Ben Affleck. You white, then you Ben Affleck. Action crime thriller. So not an adventure, more of a thriller. I was not thrilled. There was no adventure. It was more adventure than I was thrilled. I'll tell you that. Is it a heist movie? Are there any crime movies that aren't heist movies? Raise your hand if you've ever committed a heist movie. Oh, yeah, that's definitely mm, going in the... Good call. Going, going in the Cinepope lexicon. <laughs> Reindeer Games stars Ben Affleck, of course. Benny Flex was coming off of 200 cigarettes. Forces of Nature and Dogma in 1999. He had Boiler Room, this movie, and Bounce in 2000. And then Daddy and Them, Pearl Harbor, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in 2001. He is a 5 time repeat offender with batman vs superman donna justice smoking aces armageddon and Geely. this movie is nothing but repeat offenders has there ever been a movie with this higher concentration of repeat offenders didn't smoking aces have a shitload of them we just did one that had like 12 i had more but everybody in this cast is a repeat offender the purity level oh yeah the purity yes absolutely i wish i knew how to quit you because we also have repeat offender gary sinise from Snake Eyes. New Penn and Dance. Snake Eyes in nineteen ninety eight, Green Mile in ninety nine, and Mission to Mars with this movie in oh two thousand. <laughs> we have repeat offender. Charlize Theron from A Million Ways to Die in the West. She had the astronaut's wife and Cider House Rules in ninety nine. This movie, The Yards, Men of Honor and Legend of Bagger Vance in two thousand. She won the Oscar in two thousand three, which was Earlier than I remember. Yeah, I thought it was much later than that, too. She also had Sweet November and The Curse of the Jade Scorpion in 2001. Good movie. Problematic, though, now. Am I allowed to say it's a good movie even if the guy who made the movie is awful? No, 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 no. All right. Everything is trash. Three-time repeat offender Donald Logue from Ghost Rider. Disclosure in this movie. Donald Logue has to hold the cinephobe record for most appearances, but least screen time. Yeah, he is barely in any of these movies. Clarence Williams from Half Baked. Cuban B. (laughs) We get Ashton Kutcher from Valentine's Day. His third movie ever. He's in that 70s show at the time and future cinephobe Dude Where's My Car is also in 2000. And we also get Danny Trejo from Anaconda and the Memorial Day movie, which you have to go listen to Bomb to find out what it is. Am I too soon? (laughs) Get her done. God damn it. (laughs) You're so bad at this. You're so bad at promoting this shit. You just say anything. Oh, Maze? You give away the secrets left and right. We're trying to build, I mean. I didn't know this was a secret. Oh, my God. 
You drop it on them. I didn't know Memorial Day was. <laughs> you thought it happened already? I thought like it was like right around the corner. It's one of those weird months. Yeah, it's one of those weird holidays that always happens at the same time. It happens on the last Monday, but the last Monday is rarely the 31st. It's just one of those months. <laughs> <laughs> we also get Isaac Hayes from Shaft. Chef from South Park. We get Dana Stubblefield from the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. We get Ron Jeremy from Prison. I missed him. I didn't see Ron Jeremy in this movie, but he's in the cast. But it gives us an excuse to read Ron Jeremy's resume, which includes such hits as Fresno Smooth, Butch Munch 6, Askasms 2, Privately Perverted Older Women, This Movie, Waiting, and More Than a Handful Nine. They kind of lost me in Butt Munch 3 and 4, but they bring it back in 5 and 6. It's like Fast and the Furious. We also get Dennis Farina from Snatch, Alzheimer. And from Law and Order. Reindeer Games, directed by John Frankenheimer. John Frankenheimer, Jingleheimer Schmidt. He directed The Manchurian Candidate. 1962 edition. French Connection 2. The Island of Dr. Moreau oh, yeah. and Ronan. And a four-hour version of The Iceman Cometh. Mm. Oh, I thought you were going to say a four-hour version of Reindeer Games that he's watched. This movie was his last movie. Did he die or did he quit? What if he did both? Touché. Aaron Kruger. Aaron Kruger? E-H-R-E-N. Wrote this movie. You remember Aaron from Arlington Road, Scream 3, The Ring, The Ring 2, Skeleton Key, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers Dark of the Moon, Transformers Age of Extinction, Dumbo, and the upcoming Top Gun Maverick. Oh, no. I had high hopes for that movie, but listening to that guy's resume, not so much anymore. What are you talking about? He's one of five people that's writing Top Gun Maverick, but the rest of them are pretty much just him. Arlington Road's a banger. Arlington Road is a banger. The Ring's a banger. The Ring was not his movie, so never mind. Like, what did he write? He just wrote it in English? Thanks. Synopsis for Reindeer Games. Suck it, Reindeer Games. I'm not Ben Affleck. You're white, then you Ben Affleck. After assuming his dead cellmate's identity to get with the other man's girlfriend, an ex-convict finds himself a reluctant participant in a casino heist. Accurate. Somehow I forgot the synopsis. We read the synopsis and laughed about it like a week ago. Yeah. And then I completely forgot. And as I'm watching this movie, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on, like what the point was. <laughs> I do everything up until the notes for the movie before I watch the movie, like the reviews, all this shit, right? Mm -hmm. And I just didn't even read the synopsis as I copy and pasted it into this form I've got. Just reading the synopsis now was the first time I remember reading it since we joked about it. Tagline, the trap is set, the game is on. Okay. $42 million estimated budget. It grossed $23.3 million U.S. and $32.1 million worldwide. It's a flop. First flop in a while. Before we jump into this movie and you listen to the rest of this podcast, Reindeer Games is available on Paramount Plus, which I have a free trial to. Yeah. That I will be canceling in six days. Holy shit, bro. I got the same free trial too. <laughs> or Amin rented the director's cut, which you, if you want 20 more minutes of this godforsaken movie, you can do that by renting the director's cut. I wanted the artist's authentic vision for what he wanted his art to be. I'm glad you got it. This is Amin re-enlisting in the Runtime Wars yeah. for no reason. The Rental Wars and the Runtime Wars. We're just on the Trial Wars. That's easy. No, I'm not going to do the Trial Wars. I refuse. Because you're going to forget? No, because one day I'm going to actually want to watch something. If only you could create another email. You know, it, <laughs> Unfortunately, it's against the law. Yeah. 
Fatballs at hotmail.com is taken. <laughs> All right. Randia Games. 25% from critics on 88 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and 27% from the audience on over 25,000 ratings. Nobody liked this. Nobody. I mean, would you like the positive or the negative reviews? Well, I mean, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Give me the positive. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Jeffrey M. Anderson of Combustible Celluloid. Kruger makes reindeer games fun, and Frankenheimer gives it class, clarity, and energy. Mm. What movie did this man watch? Bill Chambers of Film Freak Central. Empty the chambers. The director's cut is empirically better. You know what? I guess we'll find out. I can't argue. I don't know what the regular, <laughs> the regular version was like. It was shorter. That's what it was. <laughs> In that case, it's not empirically better. <laughs> John Popic of Planet S Magazine. Popicock! Oh, I love Blues Traveler. That's John Popper. Frankenheimer shows he can still make a pretty decent action flick. I love it when you call me Big Popic. Louis B. Parks of Houston Chronicle. <laughs> Louis B. Parks. <laughs> the movie is often amusing thanks to Affleck's excellent deadpan delivery of flippant lines in the face of loaded guns and to Sinise's scenery-chewing villain. I had better sex in prison. <laughs> Tom Kyo of Film.com. <laughs> Howard Dean's favorite critic. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! Frankenheimer does make Reindeer Games a bigger experience than it might have been in anyone else's hands. Yeah, little hands. We get it. He's a good director. Maitland McDonough of TV Guide. Frankenheimer directs with brisk efficiency. Does he? Depending on the cut. Elvis Mitchell of New York Times. No, oh, thank you very much. What was that? That was Elvis. It is not Mike Ryan's Elvis, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Narratively, the movie is similar to a casino game. You're not sure where you are, and the house has the advantage. That review died on the toilet. It does not sound like a positive review. It sounds like a review that has 20 pounds of shit in its gut. George Meyer of Orlando Weekly. My criticism has a first name. You can almost feel yourself being drawn in, tricked, and tossed out of every plot device. It's flawed, but gosh, it's fun. That review is a lemon. Baloney is what it is. Desmond Ryan of Philadelphia Inquirer. A film noir with a bracing twist of black comedy. Not a film noir. Definitely not a film noir at all. Not a black comedy. Yeah, I didn't see Martin Lawrence anywhere in it. In drag. <laughs> David Forsmark of Flint Journal. Where else are you going to get to see five Santas storm a bargain basement casino with guns a-blazing? That critique was so bad. That dude deserves... Good God. Yeah. I went there. Patreons will know. Will they? Won't they? No, they won't. No. <laughs> this doesn't get released. What? What are you talking about? Welcome to Cinephobe. And you guys say, I can't sell. I just did a great sell job there for the Patreon. What do you guys do? You ruin it immediately. User Jerry V, five out of five. Jerry V Foundation. Jerry V, is that the guy that does all like the motivational speaking where he cusses at you? I don't care what the critics say. Next to Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, and The Long Kiss Goodnight, this is one of the best holiday action thrillers ever made. Tis the season. Long Kiss Goodnight is legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. It is the perfect movie. It's the perfect movie. I said it. You said it twice when no one argued with you. Negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, 
man, it is so weird to me. James Kendrick of Q Network Film Desk seems always to be verging on the edge of camp as if it were nudged just a little bit to the left. It would be an all-out comedy rather than a thriller. Would have been better if they had nudged it. Robert Roten of Laramie Moviescope. That's what he wrote in. What? This represents the worst the Hollywood system has to offer. Yeah. Is it the worst? Isn't it? It's just a patchwork assembly of director, writer, and cast that does not fit. Christopher Knoll of FilmCritic.com. The ho-hum thrills and coincidental mystery of these games will likely leave you shrugging with indifference on the way out the door. David Elliott of San Diego Union Tribune. Elliott! And so, like a barge crashing a jacuzzi... (laughs) Do many plot contrivances. <laughs> Trying to think of the logistics of that. <laughs> Dwayne Dudek of Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You are sorely tempted to laugh and call it names. You get it? Like the whole Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Oh, because the reindeer games. Suck it, reindeer games. Mark Ramsey of Movie Juice. That has an exclamation point at the end. This is one of those movies where the twists are more important than the story. It's one of those movies. <laughs> Lou Lumenic of the New York Post. Oh, with his Lululemon pants. What? <laughs> I still can't say that name. I don't know who decided to name that brand. So many L's in there. Why? I don't know why you turned it into pants. <laughs> About as appealing as leftover Christmas fruitcake. Doesn't even have to be leftover. I don't like fruitcake at all. Shit's gross. Michael Wilmington of Chicago Tribune. It's a heist without a plan, a crime without a brain, a thriller without a decent script. Oh, man. Could not agree more. Gemma Files of Film.com. Is your sister Gemma Phobes? Oh. It just vanishes from between your ears like cotton candy in a tropical rainstorm, leaving nothing but a slightly sickly aftertaste. Bob Strauss of Los Angeles Daily News. Every plot complication is so implausible that after a while, you stop paying attention and start wondering just how big an idiot the filmmakers mistook you for. (laughs) Charles Taylor of Salon.com. This one better fit. There isn't a scene that's not an insult to the eyes. Oh, I don't know. Charlie's staring on his tits. Paul Clinton of CNN.com. I did not have sex with that movie, Reindeer Games. A pileup of impossible-to-believe situations that just keep getting worse with every line uttered by anyone who happens to be on screen. Mm. (laughs) And then last one, Roger Ebert of Chicago Sun-Times. I wish I'd had a stopwatch to clock how many minutes are spent while one character holds a gun to another character's head and gabs. Exposition. Fellas. Fellas. The sport of business means demanding excellence from your craft and wardrobe. Your fits need to be versatile, blending timeless style and comfort so that you can look as good as you feel. And for that, there's Cuts Clothing. They've taken a classic men's tee, a fashion staple, the plain tee, and refined it, combining premium quality with a minimalist aesthetic. In 2016, Cuts founder Steve Borelli set out to create clothes ready for every occasion the modern man faces. He started by reinventing the t-shirt, and the end result? GQ Magazine calls the only shirt worth wearing. The signature buttery soft peak of pro tri-blend tee, it's a bold new take on a classic design combining the ultimate blend of high-quality cotton, polyester, and spandex. The perfect shirt, it's accomplished, guys. They got all kinds of stuff, man. 
They got hoodies. They got polos. They got crew sweatshirts. They got everything. Cuts is premium with a purpose. Each piece of clothing is designed with custom engineered fabric, expertly graded for the perfect fit, arming you for every challenge and opportunity. You can wear it wherever the hell you want. It's not just a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. And you can get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash ding. That's cutsclothing.com slash ding for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Amin, what is your first note? Six days earlier. You like that? You want me to cut to three weeks earlier when you were alive? We've got a snow flurry and Santa Claus is dead on a car hood? There are a bunch of dead Santas, apparently. This probably isn't true, but for some reason, I feel like every director thinks we need to start a movie with Ben Affleck reading. We need Ben Exposition immediately. To tell you the truth, I never was much for the holidays. You got to read it in his voice, like in that, like I'm too cool for this shit voice that he has. Tell you the truth, never was much for the holidays. It's been forever since I've known a holiday, since I've seen my family, since I've been with a girl, since I've driven a car. Six days earlier, we've got a shot of prison. You see, cars are what put me here. <laughs> that was the line I wrote down. <laughs> see, cars are what put me in here. Oh, okay. Iron Mountain. Riding a hard five for Grand Theft Auto. And the prisoners are unruly. Meanwhile, most of my esteemed raping and murdering colleagues were up for parole at three. World works that way sometimes. No, it doesn't. All the time, my experience. No, it doesn't. No, that's not how that works. That's not how it's it works. That's not at how it works. <laughs> you don't get put in a maximum security prison for Grand Theft Auto. That's me, Rudy Duncan. Menace to society. <laughs> ah, he said it. <laughs> the guy on the right is Nick Cassidy, my best friend. Pure uncut exposition here. And I asked the question, do best friends ever become cellmates? Bro, <laughs> same question too. That's the first lie of the movie. <laughs> Why would they have the two of them together in prison? <laughs> They're not best friends. They're just cellmates. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Back then, we we're both looking at three days to a new start. They just both happened to be getting out in three days. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Best friends in prison, same timeline. That's what you talk about in prison. How are you going to get it right? How you'll never make the same mistakes again. And my next note, Nick is a good whistler. Oh, wow. Wow. That dude is whistling his ass off. That shit is loud and clear. Woo! Can you guys whistle? It depends on the weather. What? What time of the day it is. Let me see if I can whistle along. It's not bad. Oh, yeah, not bad. I can do it okay. I'm not a great whistler, but I like to do it. Maze? I can only do it while breathing in. I can't do the breathing out whistling, and so I'm not very good at it. Wait, how the fuck do you whistle when you're breathing in? <laughs> Is it tough to whistle when you're breathing out because you got that kid's finger in your mouth? It's not his finger. Misbehaving. How's <laughs> <laughs> kid's finger in my mouth? I forgot to write it down, but it comes up later. Spoiler alert. What's the song that Nick whistles? Whatever. He whistles a certain song every time and it comes back. I brought these gifts to you. They're up in my bum. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's what Ben Affleck sings. He loves him some little drummer boy. But first thing Ben wants when he gets out of prison, hot chocolate. A mug of hot chocolate and a piece of pecan pie. Gross combination. Then Nick says she'll be waiting. They got a hotel on Highway 5. 
and Ben is worried the pics that she sent to Nick aren't really her. This guy, Nick, is talking like a character who's going to die shortly. Oh, he's McBaining himself. Yeah. <laughs> Two days away from retirement. And yeah. I brought myself a boat, the SS never gonna die or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what this dude is talking like. A lot of Nick Cage, Bubba Gump vibes from Con Air too, you know? I feel like they ripped that off a bit. If you were in prison, what do you think? Top. Okay. Power bottom. Speed is everything. <laughs> what do you think you would talk about? Like to me, like how many times can you have that conversation about what are you going to do when you get out? I'd probably get tired of that. So I was trying to think about what kind of conversation I would have if I were in prison. I would be ranking every movie I could ever think of. And just trying to make sure I had the list over and over and over. You're like that meme that asks, like, if you get kidnapped, 10 minutes later, kidnappers, like, release you. <laughs> Let you go, yeah. What would you not shut the fuck up about? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, because I've never thought about that monotony. Although, I guess sometimes, somewhat similar, is I feel like when we do radio three days in a row, and there isn't much to talk about, in those three days, how we just keep doing the same subject over and over and over. I feel a little bit like that sometimes. So maybe I'd just be doing show. Yeah, just a live 24-7 radio show in prison for Zach. Why not? I mean, what would you talk about? I wouldn't talk. I've said this a million times. If I went to prison... You wouldn't talk? Get the fuck out of here. I would demand to be put in solitary confinement. I don't want to be around anybody. I just want to be in a cell by myself. And then I just want to jerk off all fucking day long. Just, I don't think you get to do that. Why not? I think you have to kill somebody <laughs> to get put in solitary confinement. No, no, no. You, you can you can you can request it. You do not get to request. No. Yes, you that's can. not how that works. It's just most people don't want to do it because they're mentally weak. They can't no. handle being by themselves. I can. You think being mentally strong is jacking off constantly in solitary <laughs> confinement? Pretty much. Hey, look, I cope the way I cope. Some people hang themselves, I hang my dick. What? That's how you jack off? You hang your dick? Yeah. Kung Fu, the legend continues, like how he did it with his belt. around. I'd do that around my dick. Just, ah, oh, just nice. Cinch it up right there. People been doing autoerotic asphyxiation all wrong. Asphyxiation. Ben jokes that maybe he should take her out first. And we've got some banter, fellas. Some catfishing banter. Is this the origin of catfishing? Catfishing been happening way before. Don't we get some catfishing banter in uh, Can't Hardly Wait? We haven't watched that movie. Thank you, soon. Future callbacks, you're done. You're retired. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Too soon. Alamo, played by Dana Stubblefield, is back in prison. Never been a black dude named Alamo in history. Ben says he's fucked because he ratted Alamo out for beating up Creed. The band? Bro, I'm fucked. Dana Stubblefield is massive, by the way. Oh, my God. That's a giant man. His only movie role and future callback because he's currently in prison. Really? Yeah. Nick is reading a love poem from his girl he's been corresponding with. And Ben is doing push-ups. Ben says she sounds mature for 25. Grow up in Detroit, you mature real quick. Either that or those pics are 10 years old. Banter! He's doing push-ups. He's got his shirt off. Did y'all notice on his right deltoid like right there on his shoulder he's got a tattoo of aces smoking aces question mark oh maybe that's why he got the role also who the hell wants to leave prison and go into a relationship that's like leaving prison and going to another prison would they let prisoners have bikini photos in there there's no way they'd let them have that. Some people need some motivation. We get some exposition of how Nick got there. None of it's interesting. Ben's doing sit-ups. 
Nick says he should have written to get himself a girl from that magazine. He does mention his ex, Millie Bobeck. Mm. And yes, the premise is that he writes letters to a magazine to find a relationship. Pen pals. Ben just wants to make it back to Sidna, have Christmas dinner. Sleep in his old bed. Watch games with his pops. Poppy talk. <laughs> and eat leftovers for six months. Nick's sleeping now, and Ben is staring at pictures on the wall of Charlize Theron. He's got a full cork board. He's got like 25 photos. Yo, he's got a fucking serial killer wall of pictures. Ben looks ready to fap. He's sitting there, and he's just staring at those pictures. Yo, you pan down, this shit's in his hand. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're served holiday jello, and Nick has an issue with his lunch fella. Says they're out in two days, and he'll still be there serving. Who's in prison now? I don't think I would tell anyone when I'm about to get out of prison, right? No. Let them be surprised when I'm gone. Hey, haven't seen him in the lunch hall in a while. Yeah. Oh, shit, he got out like a month ago. They teach you that in Con Air. You don't tell him. Nick brags about getting a London broil, which is easily the worst steak on the menu. And he also uses the phrase mystery cream fuck. Alamo stops Ben in the cafeteria. Ben says it wasn't him. And then Alamo walks away. Alamo hasn't said a word and he's acting his ass on here. Oh, big time. Acting his ass on? On. They didn't allow him to speak. (laughs) Nick wants to get a business going. Ben has been in business world. And Nick expositions that hot wiring cars doesn't qualify as a small business. <laughs> Chop shop consultant doesn't work on a resume. That's when Isaac Hayes spits out a roach from the jello. In the gelatin! Oh, calm down. There are monsters! In the gelatin! Monsters! In the gelatin! Look at this shit! How did you not notice that as you were putting that into your mouth? He is acting his ass off. Absolutely. I was disappointed that Isaac Hayes didn't make another appearance in the movie. I kept waiting for him to come back. That was the end of Zook. Ben calls it protein. Everybody has it in their gelatin. Prisoners are going nuts. Food fight slash real fight is in there. And now Alamo is coming for Ben. He stabs Nick before the guards grab him. And Nick is bleeding everywhere. Guards! Jesus! Guards! Jesus! Guards! Medic! Ass on. I need a fucking medic! Wait, wait. Ashley, gonna be there. (laughs) Ashley, yo, Nick was acting (laughs) his ass off in this dying scene. No, no. My (laughs) note, ass on. Are you kidding me? Both of them were terrible in this. No, Ben was ass on with a guard. Jesus, guard! Out of your fucking mind. Dana Stubblefield really trucked through those guys, and it was clear why they cast him. Cut to Ben in his cell, and the guard mocks that Nick won't be coming back. Single tear rolling down his face, and he looks at all of Ashley's pictures again. Pictures and letters fapping away. And the inmates who are yelling, one says, shut the fuck up! Another one says, you gonna take that shit, Rudy? And then the third one says, yeah, I could use some company too. Director's cut. Time for the prisoners to get out in a snowstorm. Guard says, welcome to the world, you dumb fucks. Don't be a stranger now. We'll keep the lights on for you. And then some kid made a horrible welcome home dad sign. Oh, my God. I'd go back in. There's uplifting ass music and there's more reunions than the airport scene in Love Actually. Absolutely. Charlize is waiting there. Ben walks right past her. Let's just point it out real quick right now. Boy, here we go. Zero cheeks on Charlize. Right. He gets on the prison bus, keeps looking at her through the window, and we hear Nick's voice reading her letters. <laughs> he tells himself not to do it. There's a lot of inner monologue shit in this movie. 
and a lot of third person. <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty Mac Hall of Fame, and he knows it. That makes it worse. Sees two people getting it on on the bus, and Ben, they start to pull away. She's alone, and he gets off the bus, tells her that he's Nick. Damn, man. Playing a dangerous game, Benno. Terrible. After catfishing comes up, he takes it to the next level, just goes for straight identity theft of his dead best friend. They're in a diner. She looks super awkward. He says he was scared. She'd walk away. She was worried he'd walk away when he saw her coat. And he goes, hey, I like your coat. She says she wants him to be who he wants to be. He says, do that again. Smile. She does. She kind of looks like Ashley Judd here, which is weird because her name is Ashley in this movie. Yes, she does look like Ashley Judd. He does the classic, no, babe, it's not you. It's me. She says you're better than the pictures in her mind. And I thought this has to be a best case scenario for this woman, right? In the looks department, you're getting Ben Affleck out of prison. Like he's tall. He's ripped. Relatively good looking, I'm assuming, gonorrhea free. That's kind of a jackpot. I mean, he did have sex in prison, as we find out in a little bit. That's why, relatively. When you submit yourself to a blind submit it. magazine pen pal program, yeah, I think you ended up on the higher scale. Cut to the motel, and they're fucking. Yeah. I always forgot she's tall. Smash cut to them smashing the cut. Charlie's nipple alert. She's naked, which is a surprise. Oh, we got full on, full frontal nudity from... Charlize Theron, would you do this? Would you impersonate your dead friend in order to have sex with a woman? I feel like I'm getting out of prison like anything's on the table. Maze? I don't think you need to impersonate the dead friend, but what do I know? Of course you do. Otherwise, then she's just going to fuck a random prisoner who just got out? Of course you have to impersonate. You help her through the grieving process. What is this swooping in business? Oh, that's my system. The Mac. Move in after completion. I wait till you're done with him, and then I swoop in, give him a shoulder to cry on, and then we hump. Oh, my God. No, I don't think that's how that works at all. What, you have a system where you come in after Mac? That's right. I come in after Mac, but he's taking, like, forever this time. I got my Magnum condoms. I got my Wada hundreds. I'm ready to plow. They fall off the bed together during this whole scene <laughs> and had to have wrecked his dick in that moment, right? <laughs> that's all I could think about. <laughs> his mangled penis. Like, had to have bent it. I have to assume he's erect in that moment. And she falls right on top of him. Not in a fun way. He's erect in that moment, and now he's just wrecked in that moment. And I've never understood this in movies or TV, but they're done fucking, and they've ended up on the floor with pillows and sheets there. Mm-hmm. The only scenario in which I can consider, like, maybe you came all over the bed, right? <laughs> there is not an uncrustable spot on there. Like, that's the only way I would think, like, yeah, let's sleep on the floor of this Motel 6. He basically skeeted, like... Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder, like, oh, like with the machine gun, just spraying <laughs> all over. Just Danny McBride and this is the end. I jacked off. All, I'll jack my dick everywhere. Carpet bombing the entire bit. I've been dropping loads all over this house. All right. He asked for a little exposition on why she chose to write a convict. And she gives it to him. Guys have never wanted to get to know her and who she is inside. They just wanted to get inside. Which is exactly what Rudy just did. And a guy like him, six months before he could touch her face. No touching! She does a lot of like, remember what you wrote to me or remember what I wrote to you. It's a lot of that. Like, if you cut all that out of this movie, it's a four-minute movie. But also, maybe she should recognize that he doesn't know the writing at all. (laughs) Or maybe he's just like, man, I have such a bad memory with this stuff. Like, it just refreshed my memory, you know? He doesn't even know what he wrote! I'm sure Nick was running the shit by him. Which apparently, yeah, is important, is that the letters were read to him during this six months in prison. 
Ben says the guy he was in with helped him write some of the romantic stuff, and they're gonna fuck again. She says she loved his writing. He's not a criminal, just protected his girl. Somebody got killed, but he's not a killer. Somebody <laughs> got killed, but he's not a killer. He's looking at his license as she gets ready to the mirror in case you didn't remember he's not Nick. He's Rudy Duncan, just in case you needed that refresher there. Then he flushes the license down the toilet? Asking for trouble with this decision, man. Would that work? This is not the most efficient disposal of an ID. Now cut to her buying him a coat. He's her Christmas. She gets 50% off, so that $200 jacket. jacket. No big deal. Solid exposition. He forgot where she works. And that's a pretty good employee discount. 50%. Yeah, 50% is good. They get back to the motel. She's going to go to the office real quick and says that he better be wearing just a candy cane when she walks in. He walks in the door and a guy starts beating the shit out of him. How long would it take for you to have an attack of conscience? Oh, you mean like when Rudy's looking at himself in the mirror, talking in the third person? Yes, exactly. That that little bit of solo exposition. I mean, are we assuming the sex is good or is it just like it's got to be good sex because he's been in prison (laughs) for five years? I mean, once the refractory period wears off, the guilt sets in. (laughs) That seems like it's a lot longer than the refractory period. Wouldn't the guilt only be in the refractory period? And then once you're good to go again, like this is quite quite a ways away from it's not like he just came and now was in and he got dressed and he looked at himself in the mirror like they're at the store like they're like shopping yeah the sex didn't make him feel guilty it was the 200 dollar coat 50 percent off yeah well he's getting the shit beat out of him because they think he's nick there are two guys there are three guys there's danny trejo there's donald logue there's another dude with a goatee clarence the fourth guy, it's Gary Sinise with long hair and a shoddy. Oh, did you guys not get the part where... Oh boy, here's the director's cut. They're talking and she's like, let's go to the casino. Come on, Nick, I want to go to where you used to work. She's like really pushing to want to go to the casino. <laughs> and he keeps like deflecting, like, I don't want to go, whatever. She's like, no, come on. I'm good luck. I know it. I'm, I'm really good at slots. And he says, in a really annoyed voice, in a way that like, I really empathize with him. I'm like, she's terrible. You can't be good at slots. Oh, that was a great scene, man. <laughs> No, we didn't get that. My note is this chick is terrible. <laughs> As they hold up Ben Affleck, he's trying to pretend like he's struggling to stay conscious and he's not doing it. His ass is fully on. Gary Sinise looks like Steve Buscemi with his life together. <laughs> he does. Rudy says, you don't know me. And Gary laughs and says, oh, I know you. I know you real well. Says not to hurt her. Ashley acting her ass on everyone but gary's got their ass on in the scene but she's screaming i'm like okay relax this is the guy she's been waiting for she knows gary sinise and hey he took nick's place he isn't nick he just wanted to be is he about to tell her brother oh i just pretended to be nick to fuck your sister well that's when he says that that's his sister we get a little exposition there he just wanted to get down her chimney wouldn't it be up her chimney no you're santa claus you're going down the chimney yeah santa claus you start at the top sinise says that that's not going to help his cause that answers your question to me that is a bold like no i'm not the guy you're looking for i just pretended to be so i could fuck your sister <laughs> Like, that's not going to get you out of this. Man, they got a shitload of cookies. He's going full-on cookie monster. They take those and the fake tree out. Horny for cookies like Teddy Rex. Sinise says that he's read his letters. Uh, don't play no reindeer games with me. Ah, ah, he, he said, said it! it! He, he said, said it! it! Suck it, reindeer games. I'm not Ben Affleck. You white? Then you Ben Affleck. So in this scene, Rudy says he's not Nick to Ashley, but then Ashley tells Sinise that it is Nick. They're driving... What looks like a Hot Wheels truck. Motor City Monster. And his nickname is Monster. That took me a long time to realize. 
that they were calling him monster. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I, I recognized that way later. Then I shut up. I didn't know what was going on. Charlize explains that Gary Sinise read his letters and knows that Ben worked at the casino. Rudy says, what letters? Does he have amnesia? When did she decide to do it? Ben says, Jesus Christ. And that's when Donald says, watch your mouth. It's Christmas. She says Gary Sinise is going to kill him. Danny Trejo is reading Business Week. This is amazing. Says here, the retail industry does 50% of its business between December 1st and December 25th. That's half a year's business in one month's time. That seems to me an intelligent country would legislate a second such gift-given holiday. <laughs> Create, say, a Christmas too, late May, early June, to further stimulate growth. Ever since you've been going to night school, you've been giving me headaches, Jumpy. Christmas too. Christmas too. Christmas too. And Clarence fucking loves the idea, man. Christmas too, future cinephobe. They stop and Sinise is reading one of Nick's letters to them. Used to work security in a casino. Says Nick is a good writer. My sweet, sexy, ashy lashy. Gives the writing an A+. Someday I'm going to take you up by Lake Superior. Dream big. Mentions his bitch ex, Millie, in a letter to his new pen pal girlfriend. A lot of exposition in this letter. Wants to know what they need for the casino, then they can go give him some nieces and nephews. Ben tries to explain who Nick really is and what happened, and Gary goes deranged on him. and His ass is off here. He should be a villain in way more movies. He's great. When is Sinise ever a good guy? Lieutenant Dan? Lieutenant Dan! Lieutenant Dan was an asshole for most of the movie. No, Lieutenant Dan had PTSD. Are you kidding me? No, he had a good heart. Oh. He was just struggling, man. We're going to make excuses for him. Okay. I'm sorry that I don't hate the troops, Amin. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Get her done. God, I fucking hate you. He should be a villain way more often. He's not a villain in Apollo 13. Yes, he was. He was the one that was fucking fighting what? Tom Hanks the whole time. As soon as he plays a bad guy in every role. Remember in Snake Eyes? Yes, that's the one time I remember him being a bad guy before this. Name another one. Lieutenant Dan. Name two. <laughs> Says to Barry Ben. All over the place. What does that mean? Chop him up into little bits. Gonna cut him up. Do you chop him up or do you just keep moving the grave every couple of days? Scatter small graves across the frozen landscape. Danny Terrio says, don't get blood on my shoes. And then Ben breaks and asks what they want to know about the casino. She tells Ben that she loves him. And Gary says, say something back to her. And he says, I had better sex in prison. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Alamo! <laughs> so Rudy is pissed at Ashley, even though... He revealed to everyone that he's not Nick. He's got a gun to his head at this point. Of course he's mad. <sighs> Donald tells Gary he's been saying the whole ride that he's not the guy. Why would he tell her he's not the guy? Maybe he's not the guy. Gary pulls a gun and starts asking him questions about her. She mouths the answer of her middle name. And then Gary stares her down. Then he's nailing the rest of these questions. Yeah, he's on fire. He gets all the questions right, passes the quiz, and Gary is satisfied. In the theatrical version, does he ever go through any of these details with Nick in the cell? Because no. he doesn't in the director's cut. And I'm so kind of surprised that he knows all these things. But they were talking every day, right? All day, every day. They weren't ranking movies. You know, they weren't furiously masturbating 24-7 solitary confinement. This is what they talked about. No one said anything about furious. <laughs> All right, Ben starts talking to the third person about what Nick wants. As another person, he wants. <laughs> Fuck that! Nick doesn't do anything till Nick gets something for Nick. 
You want to hear about this job of mine? I want some goddamn hot chocolate and some pecan fucking pie. Cut to Rudy gobbling that pie. Yo, he is housing this pie. Jesus, he wants to finish it before he gives him the goods. And she's got a milkshake in a snowstorm? What the fuck? Yeah. That bothered me. There are two things that really bothered me about her in this movie. One, milkshake in the winter. Two, there's a point where she is wearing sunglasses inside a hotel room at night. Even at that, right there in the diner. At some point, she puts on the sunglasses. He's basically licking the plate at this point. Now he wants onion rings. Danny Trejo punches him in the nose. (laughs) You're not going to follow up pecan pie with onion rings. Dunk your onion rings in the hot chocolate. Gary wants to know how much money is there. What about the story of working Christmas Eve and half the guards go home and the rest get shit-faced? They want to take down this casino and he'll tell them how. Want to know the private doors, the alarms, everything. Ben starts claiming that their drawing of the floor plan isn't accurate. It must have been changed around, remodeled. Jack Bangs was always talking about renovating. Did we mention the bingo word used to describe the map? No, we didn't. Was that cut out? Did you guys not get that in the director's cut? This map looks like it was made by a bunch of retards. It's all wrong. I feel like I would have noticed, so... Yeah, I feel like I would have noticed, too. Okay. A little extra sauce. It's like in crayon. And like, <laughs> like, Holy shit, bro! I had the same crayon, too! <laughs> Because he's bullshitting his way, and he's not even bullshitting his way well. He says, the boss, uh, the big guy, uh, the man in charge. He just keeps using like these <laughs> synonyms for one another. Jack Bang's office has a powwow safe. And that safe had all the money that he was skimming in there, and it was called the powwow safe. Powwow safe? Yes. Powwow safe. Because he was stealing money from the tribe. The guy had thousands in there. Millions, probably. Millions. In the power safe. Millions. Gary says he guesses they don't need him if everything has changed. Ben says, not necessarily. He realizes he's in trouble. Get him inside and he knows where the money goes and the routines and how they operate. He can work out the map. Just need to get him a disguise. But he can't work the map from the outside, just from the inside. Back to the motel and they rip the phone out. She's wearing sunglasses inside of it. And he wants her to get to her own room. He wants to know what she thought would happen. Either Gary shoots him or he ends up back in prison. She says she's in trouble here too, and she's really scared. She will not stop talking about these fucking letters he was writing she was writing. Because he doesn't remember them. Because <laughs> he says nothing. And I'm so confused. Like, does she understand that he's not Nick at this point? How dumb is she? She says, it's just my luck. I finally meet a boy I'm crazy about. My brother wants him more than I do. Ooh. Exposition on Gary getting guns to Detroit from Miami and New York City. Monsters never robbed anywhere before. It's a bunch of fucking amateurs. By the way, I still haven't noticed that his name is Monster at this point. Ben wants to know the last place Gary and his guys robbed. She says nowhere. They drive guns. Ben's amazed that they've never done a robbery and he says they really need him. Cut to him with a fake goatee dressed like a cowboy. They gave him $10. He says he needs a couple hundred to not get noticed. They're at the Tomahawk Casino. Feels racist. Good Christmas song soundtrack so far for this movie. I can't even begin to describe his jacket. <laughs> it's like a blazer that's like half graduation robe. There's like a cloth stick figure for a tie. It's got some red frills stapled to it. He looks like a poinsettia. He looks like a Christmas plant. The Tomahawk Casino looks like trash. I cannot believe the movie hinges around robbing this shitbox casino. But to be fair, that's what those casinos look like. Those. 
Yeah, like casinos that are out in the middle of nowhere, not like the ones that are near Metropolis. Especially back then, they hadn't started to get facelifts yet, right? Yeah. They give him a bunch of cash. They don't lose it. If he gets recognized, they give him a country western funeral. Then they give her a cowboy hat for some reason, which I don't understand. Why would she need one? They got a match. Do you guys not have this whole thing where they chain him to the bed in the hotel? I think that happens later, or maybe I just skipped that part right now. She tries to nail file through his chains. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. I was I was so annoyed. I was like, what are you doing? I feel like Amin would love to go to a casino with a cowboy outfit and use like a Texas accent and be in character. <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> we should do that at one of those New Orleans casinos when we do our train trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cut to Dennis Farina talking about snow keeping the casino from being great s-n-o fucking w we see pics of him with Cher, robin williams repeat offender Does that count nah those are celebrity lookalikes no that's robin williams no <laughs> that's celebrity lookalikes that's the point no that's robin williams i'm telling you no and i like how you just keep trying to loophole people into repeat offenders with pictures of them he's in the movie you guys hired me because you wanted las vegas quality i brought it to you you wanted Las Vegas press. I gave that to you. But I cannot give you Las Vegas profits until you people get together around a campfire, smoke a pipe, and do some kind of fucking spirit dance about this goddamn snow. Holy shit, this problematic <laughs> Dennis Farina. <laughs> Well, Dennis Farina is one of those people who mastered the art of looking the same age for a long time by just looking old yeah. at a young age. Ben hides from a security guard, says it's Mike. Did you hear the pumping in music over the loudspeakers? No. Oh, so when Ben and Charlie's walk in, you hear the ringing of the slot machines and the chatter of people, and all of a sudden it cuts the fuck out. I even thought it was something wrong with my TV. The close caption says ambient noise stops, and we pan up, and Dennis Farina is like fumbling through cassettes what <laughs> and he puts a cassette in and hits play and then the noise comes back on there's nobody in this casino so they're trying to fake it <laughs> by pumping crowd noise through the system but my note was 20 cb baby cassettes <laughs> cassettes dennis and ben both end up at the bar real meat cute and bad guys are watching him oh no no, don't tell me this didn't make the... Oh, yo, this is one of the greatest... I had it as a clip where he's trying to convince the uh, Native American gentleman, yo, just give me some time or whatever, and they're not sold. And he says, you show me another buffet that offers both Coke and Pepsi. Don't even bother looking because it doesn't exist. Now, what else do you people want me to do? No, that's not in it. As you can see that? Oh, my God. That's why when Ben goes down to the bar, the bartender, he says, can I get a rum and cola? Do you want it with Coke or Pepsi? Like the guy gives him the option. I laughed. I was like, this is no. really good. Okay. Damn. Cut it. Bad guy's watching him as Jack Bangs introduces himself to Ben. Wants to know how Ben heard about them. He says prison. Can't go back to Vegas. We see Ashton Kutcher on the casino floor. Clarence asks Ben what he was talking about. Ben says to tone it down. Then he bumps into a waitress. Rudy and Ashton Kutcher have the exact same preposterous facial hair. His mustache is starting to come off, so he goes to the bathroom. Kutcher is in there. He slams Ash against the wall and says, $100 to wear the jacket. Seems like you could have gone either way on that. You could have either threatened him or you could have offered him the money. No, nah, I like that you threaten. You got to do that. You got to establish dominance. That wasn't in the director's cut. What? The director's cut, he just disappears in the bathroom. And then Clarence comes in and he sees the suit and the hat and just fucks up Ashton Kutcher. So they cut that out of it. Wow. Okay. 
Clarence stops a waitress, gives her $5 for a beer she was about to serve, yep. and asks how long she's worked there since it opened. How long since the makeover? Excuse me? It's been the same thing since it started. <laughs> well, she gets offended first. Only the losers have a chance. No, no, no. The casino. Then he runs in the bathroom as Ashton is putting the glasses on to complete the look. Ben tackles Clarence, kicks him in the head, and that's when Ashton Kutcher leaves and the bad guys start chasing after him. Can't start the car, explains he was given $100, and then Ben runs out the back into the snow. Why would you do this? Why would you take $100 for people to chase you and try to beat your ass? Tuition is expensive. Picture this, all right? You're shopping online, right? You're clicking, you're adding things to the cart, you're feeling good, and then you decide to go to checkout. And at checkout, you see the total. And you're like, what? How did this get so high? I just added an item here, an item there. Here's a hoodie, there's a hoodie. All of a sudden, it's like 300 bucks. I'm gonna spend 300 bucks. And then you see that promo code field just staring right back at you, looking at you, saying, hey, bet you wish you had one of me. And maybe you start like searching on the internet. You Google like, ah, promo code for whatever, right? And you don't find anything current because of course that's not how it works. You know what does work? Honey. With honey, Searching for coupon codes on your own? It's a thing of the past. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, tech, gaming products, fashion, food delivery, everything. Honey has it all. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you hit that checkout, the Honey button drops down and says, hey, found some coupons for you. Let's see if anything works here. And all you do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds. Honey searches and it gets one for you. And you watch that price drop. All of a sudden that $300 might be $240. Might be $200. Who knows? Who knows how much it could save you? Depends on the site. Depends on the day. Depends on the promo code. Me personally ordered a bunch of clothes. It was like $230 or something like that. Had Honey say, hey, got something for you, Zach. Clicked it. Got 20% off. Saved a bunch of money. Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion, billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free. It's free. It installs in seconds on your browser. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something I don't use. You guys know I use everything that we promote. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash ding. That's joinhoney.com slash ding. Get a little something off the top. So they're chasing Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Ben Affleck through the snow. <laughs> Clarence yells out, keep on running, Romeo. Keep on running as far as you can go. We're truckers, motherfucker. We drive for a living. I said, doesn't that mean they'll get tired of fucking running? Right. That means you're not in shape. No, I mean, they're in it for the long haul. That's just a saying. That doesn't make sense. If you'd be like, yo, we ran track in high school. That I get. No, they're truckers. They never quit. They just go and go and go. Set the state record in the 1600. That, I'll be like, okay, this dude can go. He's not Jericho Action Jackson. Ben slides down an embankment to the road as Gary starts driving up. Ben doesn't know it's them. That's when Charlize grabs the wheel. Ben dives down the hill. (laughs) She tackles Gary Sinise as he goes to shoot Ben. No! He hits a tree branch, loses the gun. Ben's got it. He shotgun whips Gary Sinise as the others chase. Ah, this chase scene. Gary misses with the rifle twice. He shoots the eye. Charlize falls in hilariously. No. She fell in the way, the way, 
way the dude in Hercules jumped out of the window. <laughs> oh, he flew, Herc. His plan is to jump in after her instead of trying to, like, lower the gun and pull her out. No, but she falls and then she moves laterally under the ice, like, 10 feet. 30 feet. She's 15 feet away from the hole. Easily. Ben dives in. She's hitting the ice. Ben swims to her, grabs her, shoots the gun through the ice. They break it. They're going to die from hypothermia at this point. Gary Sinise threatens his family. Guy comes out of an ice house, asks if they need help. Ben tries to yell, get the fuck out of here, and he can't. <laughs> he sounds like the water boy. <laughs> hey, I say you need some help. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Look, man, get the fuck out of here. What's an ice house? I was, like, surprised that this thing is sitting. You go ice fishing. Oh. Yeah, you just go in there, you cut your ice fishing hole in there, and then you can do it with shelter. Right. I was like, is this dude just chilling in a house on a fucking lake? What do you think happened to the house in the summertime? I don't know. That, that's what I, my note was. What do farmers do in the winter? Two Americas. <laughs> Gary unloads on the ice house, kills the guy. Yeah, he's inside the cabin, but I guess we just assume that he's dead. Oh, no, they show us. Oh, you guys don't see it. We'll get it later. He's still in his cold clothes inside. Gary Snee's got good arms, man. Yeah, he does. Affleck pretending to be cold is killing me. It's great. He's mocking Ben, saying everything had changed. Wants to know what Ben told the casino manager. Now he's throwing darts at his head. (laughs) Gary Sinise says, what's this? This isn't a tomahawk. Reminds me of Dodgeball when Stiller mocks the dude about the rule book. Oh, my God. We never even won a regional qualifying match. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. When Gary starts throwing the darts at Rudy, suddenly Ben Affleck's not so cold anymore. He's a good dartsman, by the way. He's acting his ass off with the darts in him. Gary says he's been driving rigs a long time. Four or five million miles of road. Hard road. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Every road, every mile, nothing but moms and pops giving them a go-to-hell look. Ridiculous trucker monologue. I don't agree. I think most people are saying pull the horn. Most people love driving by a trucker, right? I don't know. Says don't start trying to hit him with the darts. Gary laughs, says I have been trying. Then he throws one in his fucking chest. Bullseye. Oh, yeah. Woo. Heart's eye. Chest eye. He doesn't deserve to be in some shitbag motel in the middle of bumfuck fucking Michigan. Throwing darts at some worthless convict. Then he throws one into his shoulder. Keep that one in mind. Affleck keeps doing this eyelid thing where one of his eyes is half open. Acting his ass off. My next note. What is this movie about? That's a good question. It's the worst plan of any heist movie ever. When they pick him up, you think that they're a bunch of hardened criminals with a lot of experience. But no, it turns out they're a bunch of fucking amateurs. They've never pulled a heist before. They're waiting for this dude who's been in prison for six months to pull this job. Rob something else. Now Ben and Charlize are cuddling on the bed. They saved each other. She loves them. She starts talking about Rudy, the guy he was with in prison. He'd read the letters and Rudy would get this look on his face. He imagined she was writing to him. Thinks Rudy fell in love with her too. She gave a couple of guys hope. More confused than when he started lying in this scene. What? It's all a roundabout way to not say that he loves her. Truck is loaded with artillery. Gary says start singing and Ben sings Little Drummer Boy. They're not amused. It's the only song he knows. And he takes them up. Gives them instructions how to get to the top level. He's an awful liar. He wants the powwow safe. That's upstairs. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Ben's getting smarmy with them, saying they have to do it a certain way, and he's not making this up. That's exactly what he's doing. They need six, so Charlize has to be involved. Gary wants to draw into that security level. Every guard, door, and ashtray. Raise your hand if you've ever done a robbery before. There it is. Gary won't give Ben a gun. Now Charlize is shaming Gary into giving him a gun. Can't go up with ski masks and AKs, and Gary says that part's been planned out since he read the letters. Not dressing like cowboys on Christmas Eve. 
They've got Santa outfits. That's the only part of the plan that he had. Tis the season, convict. Ho, ho, ho. We get a news report of the missing man from the Michigan Lake. That's how we know he's dead. Oh, so you guys didn't see how he died? No. Gary Sinise walks up to the cabin, opens the door. The guy's begging for his life. I'm just a farmer. I have a wife and kids. And he shoots him. But then he shoots around him. And then the ice breaks and the dude's body drops into the water. Pretty cool. In the theatrical version, he just gets shot through the door of his cabin. We don't see it. Yeah, I was a little confused because I thought, well, wouldn't the body be there? What do you mean he's missing? <laughs> so that, does, that actually helps. Yeah, it falls into the ice. Ben had smuggled one of the darts that was in his fucking neck, unscrews something, sees a truck with the bumper sticker armed with pride. Then he goes into the truck. He goes back in the motel. He hears Ashley in the pool. She's with Gary. It's killing them that she has to be with him. When he's going to the pool, there's a sauna behind him. I'm like, this motel has a sauna? She set him up. He's manpower. Nothing more. Calls Gary baby. Takes off her top. Titties. Says your little sister. If only mine pop. Could see us now. What? Finishing each other's sentences. Wait, is she his sister or not? And I call this scene exposition. <laughs> mm. Ben here's Clarence and Donald going to check on Ben. He's booking it back up to his room, goes to the other stairwell. Danny's coming up that one. He's trapped. He starts breaking into the room lock. Clarence is eating somebody's trash food. Somebody's already eaten room service. This motel has room service? And he's trying to hotwire the room. You can hotwire a car. You can hotwire a hotel room. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And he does it. Just by mashing a knife into the top of the circuit board. I want to try that now. They hear slamming doors. Clarence walks in on Ben pretending to be chained to the bed with playing cards. Like Buddy Israel. They check out, get the room charges bill printed out on 20th century bitch printer paper. Oh, yes. Dot matrix. Not 20th century bitch prices, though. No, $100 pay-per-view. $200 mini bar? That motel's got a mini bar? That motel has a mini bar? And it was on Danny Trejo's credit card. He reads Business Week, so he has good credit, so that's why he's so pissed. They pull a gun on him, and it's a water gun. Look what Santa's dwarves brought you. What do you say to Santa's dwarves? Elves. You say thank you, motherfucker. Ha <laughs> Then we get inner monologue of Ben saying of every job he's ever pulled, it's never gone to plan. His plan to escape never worked. Narration exposition. Tries to tell Donald he can still change his mind, and he mocks him for the drummer boy song and gives him a bottle of rum. Which he pours into his squirt gun. Not before Donald yells, hey, hey, thirsty. Yeah. This is what this is what tells Ben he better do the diversion the way Monster planned. And I wrote, who the fuck is Monster? <laughs> Dennis Farina's in the security office, sends half the guards home. Nobody even comes here to cheat. Very, very 20th century bitch security office. Those oh, yeah. TVs that are basically boxes. There's a bunch of VHS tapes in there. Drunk Santa's coming to gamble. Old man at a blackjack table says he's going to win his sled. Rudy keeps getting pissed at him for taking his car during blackjack. The old man wants him to take their beards off. Rudy calls the old man a fucking jinx. He freaks out. He flips the table. We got guys getting tackled. Gary sneaks through security. And that's when he finds out the the drawing and all the instructions were (laughs) bullshit. What a dumbass. He's kind of acting his ass off here. Guards are everywhere. Gary busts up the security system, shoots it up. Now everybody's a hostage for some reason. Outside, guards are driving up as they walk in. In the cashier cage, they want the security code. Guys have guns in the counting room. They blow, who was that, Donald away, I think? Yeah, Donald's dead. Charlize drives through the door, hits the guards that had just walked in. They're park rangers. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Says forget about him and get the money. She has a gun on Ben. Walks him to the counting room. Forget about him. 
There's no future for people like you and me, Nick. <laughs> Places we come from. Bland towns, mill towns, small lives. No future, just more of the same. You want a future, you gotta stand up and steal it. She touches the hand of a dead security guard? The dead security guard is dead like a fucking cockroach. His arms are up in the <laughs> and sky. She, she grabs his hand at one point when she walks by. Yes! Why was his hand up? Like, I feel like that's not like the, <laughs> not Ashley the character doing that. That's right. telling yeah. like, you're dead. Why are your hands like this fucking asshole? Yeah, you fucking amateur. This is why yeah. you're just a security guard number two. Bunch of fucking amateurs. Gary is interrogating Jack Bangs about the powwow safe. Jack can't go back to Vegas. I do not give a shit about Vegas. Acting his ass off. You ever watch a movie and wish the movie was better? Welcome to Cinephobe. That you can get a sequel for it. I was watching this movie and I was like, man, if it was just a little better, maybe we would have gotten a prequel of Dennis Farina's character. What happened in (laughs) Vegas? Why can he not go back to Vegas? I was really intrigued by that. I think that's what Snatch is. Uh, I think it's a prequel to his character. The other movie that I felt like this about was the Tim Roth, Mark Wahlberg, Planet of the Apes. Remember, it ends at the Lincoln Memorial, but instead of Lincoln, it's the fucking evil monkey from early in the movie that's played by Tim Roth. And then the cops show up. They're all damn dirty apes. And Mark Wahlberg's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh my God, Planet of the Apes 2 is going to be so killer, bro. And then it did so badly that yeah. we never got it. We got proposed Marky March 2022, which I'm in on. What's that mean? Mark Wahlberg month. Marky March. Oh, Okay. A lot of bangers. We could do that movie if you want. (laughs) Gary brings Ben asking Dennis Farina if he remembers Nick Casty. Yeah, but where is he? Says Ben isn't Nick. Calls him the cowboy. Incredible memory on Jack Banks. Ben says it's the story of your life, Ash. You fucked the wrong guy. (laughs) Rudy Duncan, honey, we still going to spend Christmas together? Before Gary shoots him, Ben stops and saying there is a powwow safe. He did time with Ben. He told him some shit. Charlie says that he's stalling. Ben says it's behind the liquor cabinet, and he wasn't lying? There is one? What the fuck? So confusing. It's like he was just leaning on it on. What? Like he wasn't stalling. He was leaning it on. Tells Farina to open I mean, my it. my home run Trotsky. Ben says powwow. Anastasia. Farina opens it. There are machine guns in there. He starts shooting up the room. So Ben knew this was there or he didn't? He knew it existed, but he didn't know it was there. Okay. Yeah, he literally, this was just a shot in the dark. There's a lot of confusing, confusing lies in this movie. Dennis says, hey, Santa Claus, welcome to the Tomahawk. (laughs) His jaws fucked up. He looks so great. Ben and Clarence struggle for the gun as Dennis shoots at Gary and Charlize. Ben grabs the gun before Clarence can, and it's the rum gun. How did he not notice the weight of it, the feel of it? Raise your hand if you've ever held up a gun. Now, what do you say to Santa's dwarves? You say thank you, and as Clarence is lighting up a cigarette, Ben shoots the flammable rum into his face. Yes. And he is engulfed in flames. Because rum is, of course, like propane or lighter fluid. (laughs) That's what you get for smoking your victory cigarette before the job is done. He falls out the window like Method Man's friend in How High. Ivory. Gary shoots up Farina from the car in the casino. Cops are coming. Ben walks out the back of the casino. Gary's there, pulls a gun on him. Never make the same mistake twice. You just did. And then Charlize walks out and she's got a gun on him. And now they're driving away in a truck. Wrong guy. I picked the wrong guy. I took down the place with the wrong guy. Is this Christmas, huh? Is this Christmas? God bless us, everyone. What? What the fuck is he talking about? Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle. Truck stops and Ben hears them unloading the money. 
Gary is pissed about the powwow safe. Gonna send him where his buddies went. The rest of the crew is named Pug, Merlin, and Jumpy, by the way. Jumpy was Danny Trejo. They're gonna find him in the afterlife and kick his ass. I think that's how that works. Gary says he made it out of the casino. He went to his car and he made it halfway to Canada before his car hit ice on the road. Must have burned up him and the money in the explosion. He gives some exposition on picking the convict from the magazine. So we just stocked up on stationery because that's how you make a plan. <laughs> I didn't need to know that you stocked up on stationery. If you wrote letters, I'm just going to assume you had it at some point. That's such an inefficient plan. You get basically went to junk mail that has like a 5% conversion rate. It's a terrible plan. <laughs> How many convicts was she writing letters to? Ben tells her that Nick really loved her. And she says, who wouldn't? And gives an evil laugh. Maybe this is where she wanted Nick. He's trying to make her feel guilty. And Gary feels the same way we do. Shut up. Charlize doesn't like his play at being noble. Guy takes a shiv for her and he takes his girlfriend. But Ben wants to know how she knew about the shiv. We get about three minutes of arguing that she did. Yes. He did tell her she didn't. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Sinise is very confused. I hope that that part was director's cut, but no. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no it's not. She says men. Men! And she shoots Gary. She smiles at Ben, grabs Gary's gun, shoots him in the face, smiles at Ben. Ben's confused. She pulls the gun on him, and someone is whistling silver bells. Is Nick alive? It's Isaac Hayes! (laughs) Nick's alive. Merry Christmas, Rudy. We made it, baby. Yes, we did. Got a little messy, but I'll tell you about it on the road. They kiss. For your information, I never fucked the wrong guy. But you did. Which is kind of confusing. Twice. You fucked me and you fucked fucking Gary Sinise. Nick introduces him to Millie Bobeck, his girlfriend from before. Remember the exposition from before? Well, here's a refresher course, just in case you don't. (laughs) This would explain why he had a best friend in jail. And I'm like, the best friend's not in jail. It's just a dude that's your cellmate. She used to serve drinks to the truckers. He let her get friendly with the truckers. They explained the whole plan. It's not interesting. Nick says he always wanted to rob the casino. Last minute exposition. Guys get to rob it for him. Paid Alamo to stab him. Slash across the ribs. Had homemade blood capsules. He's in prison. How? How do you make homemade blood capsules in prison? Contraband. Shove it up somebody's ass. Baby. He got out this morning once he healed up. Tonight he's a rich man. He puts Ben in the car. How'd you know he'd do it? Every time he read the letters, Ben would listen. Good old predictable Rudy. The twist that Nick was alive got me, but the plan is even dumber once you bring him into the fold. Yeah, I could not give a fuck about this twist. Six months of telling tomahawk stories did it. Ben has a knife up his sleeve somehow. Still got the knife. (laughs) They love each other. They're pushing the car out of the truck. He's trying to hotwire it. They light the car on fire. He gets it to hotwire. Rule one, never put a car thief behind the wheel. What? (laughs) Throws in reverse. He crushes Nick's legs. That is rule one. I guess so. Charlize unloads on the car and he drives into her. He jumps out. It flies off the cliff. Explosion. Yep. You cut to the opening shot of him in the snow. We hear Charlize say five Santas walked into the Tomahawk. Then we see the other dead Santas. Ben gets up from the snow. Nick is struggling because he has broken legs. Says you and me can still split the money. I was going to kill her. You got to believe me. He says, believe this. Throws the truck in reverse off the cliff. It explodes. I don't like how in movies that are cold, we don't see their breath. I really don't like that. It bothers me. That's one thing. I wish they would get that consistent. That bothers me. Because we don't see his breath at all. That's the part that bothers me. He grabs the bags of money and we hear Little Drummer Boy playing. I brought these gifts for you. They're up in my bum. 
little bummer boy. He tosses a stack of money into a mailbox. He loads all these mailboxes up. What if the mailman gets to them first? Nobody checks their mail on Christmas Day. Number one. Number two, what part of his experience has led him to have like this great appreciation I don't know. for everyone? Well, we get a voiceover callback of his humble goals. He never wanted any of this. We certainly do. He walks up to the family house. He didn't change his clothes for dinner. He's just in a dirty and bloody Santa costume. Then we get an awkward shot of him smiling, roll credits, and then on the Paramount app, it was going to autoplay the movie next for me. Prior Cinephobe. He didn't keep any money for himself, man. Yeah, get out of here. I would have kept half that minimum. After what I went through, I'm keeping all of that shit. I'm giving that shit to charity. Trivia. In October 2007, Charlize Theron said in an interview that Ranger Games was her least favorite of all her films. That was a bad, bad, bad movie. But I got to work with John Frankenheimer. I wasn't lying to myself. That's why I did it. According to Danny Trejo, the reason Vin Diesel was replaced in the role that Donald Logue wound up playing was because Vin Diesel was offered the starring role in The Fast and the Furious. What a career move. Wow. Wow. Now I'm picturing Donald Logue as Dom Toretto in The Fast and the Furious. (laughs) For some reason, I think they just switched. (laughs) One quarter mile at a time. Was that your Donald Logan impression? Yeah. <laughs> After poor test screenings, Frankenheimer admitted that he should have been a little more open to reshoots to fix the problems of the film, as his original version, based on the script, had become completely different once they began shooting. At the time of shooting, Gary Sinise was romantically involved with Charlize Theron. How about that? I mean, this is going to blow your mind. Okay. The character names, Rudy and Nick are an allusion to the song Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer. No. From which the movie takes its title. Nick. Saint Nick. Orchestrates the entire plan only to have Rudy lead it. Yes. How about that? Oh my God. It's so deep. Layers. In the scene where Dana Stubblefield stabs Ben Affleck, Stubblefield accidentally knocked Affleck down, causing a concussion. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Took his day job (laughs) to the movies. (laughs) The film was cut by over 20 minutes. Before its original theatrical release date of December 1999, because of poor test screening, Frankenheimer's preferred version was dark, gritty, and sexier. Mm. Is that how you felt to mean? No. It was almost exactly the same as the movie you described, just longer. It was originally planned for a Christmas 99 release, but delayed until February 2000. That's awkward. And in Europe, this film was alternatively called and released as Deception, since reindeer are uncommon in the continent. Really? Breathe. In through nose. Out the mouth. Ash on. Ash off. Teddy Rex. Moosey Teddy Rex. Teddy Rex. Moosey Teddy Rex. Ass on. Bucket ass off. Ass on. Bucket ass off. Ass on. It's it's either Ben Affleck, the man of the month, or... It's Ben. Strong competition from Dana Stubblefield here. I'm going to go Ben Affleck. I'm going Charlize Theron. Surprise. Uh, Shocker. I didn't think she was bad. The character was horribly written. I don't think that was her fault at all. I'll go Ben Affleck. Just for when he's pretending to be cold. (laughs) (laughs) that killed me man you sold me me. (laughs) ass off gary sinise man gary sinise he's great gary sinise man but let me tell you something you know what also danny trail not bad as well not bad isaac hayes man i'm telling you just jumped off the screen in his one scene i really wanted him to come back later in the movie i was waiting for like and here comes isaac hayes yeah but yeah, Gary Sinise, man, you got to go with the volume, man. The guy who was acting his ass off throughout this movie. He's got a way of looking crazy about him, but not too crazy, you know? You get Steve Buscemi looking crazy, and you're like, oh, shit, this guy's going to eat my liver. 
Gary Sinise looks like he threatened to do it, but he wouldn't actually do it. But he'd scare you into doing whatever he wanted you to do by saying that in the beginning. Well, I mainly eat out of a dumpster. <laughs> I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. <laughs> or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. Seriously. Stay out of it. Golden Dumpster nominees. Danny Trejo reading Business Week. Jack Bang's powwow safe. Affleck pretending to be cold, the old man at the poker table, and the whole terrible fucking plan. <laughs> that plan was bad. I'll go first because I have mine. It's Dennis Farina telling the, the two Native American gentlemen, you show me another buffet that offers both Coke and Pepsi. I mean, that's Don't even bother looking because it don't exist. Now, what else do you people want me to do? <laughs> that's not an ours. That's my golden dumpster. I'll go with Danny Trejo reading Business Week. That scene crack me up mine's gonna be gary sinise's forcing of the movie title into it don't play no reindeer games with me suck it reindeer games i mean you picked it motherfucker this movie was confusing i had no idea what the <laughs> fuck it was about ben affleck is terrible Charlize theron was just such an annoying bitch girlfriend what? whatever she was oh she was annoying this whole movie and when she turned out to be the real villain i was like of course not enough isaac hayes not enough dennis farina I won't lie, man. I was intrigued, though. No. I stayed awake the whole time. You guys know I was sending you notes and pictures. I was engaged. I think I'm going to file it. Unbelievable. I didn't mind it. It wasn't... Never checked my watch. Never checked my phone. Never fell asleep. It was a decent movie. Maze. I just spent so much of this movie questioning the plan. It's a bunch of truckers who've never done a heist who decide they're going to rob a casino and they bring in somebody with no inside information to help them do it. It doesn't go well at all. We know at the very beginning that all the Santas die. They show us that. I don't get that either. Right. The twists make the logic worse. Right. Ben Affleck's terrible phobe. Wow. wow. I thought you were going to do the same thing I did where like at the end, <laughs> you kind of like bring it back. But, and then you say file. I ain't playing no reindeer games with you, I mean. Suck it, reindeer games. It feels like we're on a bad run right now, you know? Half-like month. This movie, Get Her Done, Batman vs. Superman, it feels like we're on a tough run right now. This is not a good movie. It's not entertaining. No? I guess it's cool that, like, I got to see Charlize Theron naked. Oh, man. How about them titties? That's one of the things I walked away from. I didn't like Ben Affleck. I did like Gary Sinise, but I didn't like anybody else in the movie other than him and Dennis Farina and Isaac Hayes. I would never watch this movie again. There's not a single point in this movie where I'd be like, oh, I at least want to see this part. So this is an easy phobe for me. I didn't know what it was about. I still don't know what it was about. For some reason, I thought it was, like, something military-related. Like all these years. You thought it was like Jack Ryan? <laughs> I thought it was Jack yeah. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> like Patriot Games, Reindeer Games. Make sure you tweet us at Darth Amin, at Talk Hoops, at Corn Puzzle. Your ass on, ass off, your golden dumpster, and of course, phobe or file. Or you could put it in the reviews section. You know, you guys were saying, oh, what should we put in the reviews? Put that. Put your yeah. opinions of who should be golden dumpster, who acted their ass on. For any of the movies we've done. As many as you want. And guys, it's time to announce next month. Next month is Superhero Month. June, summer blockbuster superheroes. Ah. Dawn of Justice. You made it. That's off the board, just so you know. Oh, damn it. Dawn of Justice is off the board, guys. Amin, I believe you have first pick here. Well, you know, we've had a long month. We've had the runtime wars. I'm really trying to get away from that. I'm trying to go for a change, guys. Something different. Okay. Superhero Month. 
couldn't have come any sooner. I need like a palate cleanser. We got to get away from Ben Affleck. Just like that's that's got to go. Oh, I picked Daredevil. What? You blind? Then you Ben Affleck. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. Breaking news. Whoop, whoop. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The copy says that this is your pubic service announcement. And the news you've all been waiting for, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago. And we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DING, D-I-N-G, at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0. And let me tell you, blown away by the performance, the craftsmanship. And the details on the 4.0. Next level. The advanced ceramic blade and the skin safe technology is so good. I don't know if it's possible to nick my balls with it. In fact, I take that some bitch in the shower. It's waterproof. Can't short that thing out. Not going to electrocute me trying to use that thing. I make sure I'm all groomed and ready. But once beach season hits after this pandemic is fully over, right? Did I mention that there's wireless charging in this thing? That's right. Lawnmower 4.0, new wireless charging system, uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. So if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DING, D-I-N-G, at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code D-I-N-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code D-I-N-G. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job for your tool with Manscaped. Now, this is where Maze puts in that little clip where Amin helped out with the read like over a year ago and hasn't done anything for it since. The package delivered is discreet. The package you'll deliver isn't. 